when you played took the role of Robert Zane in Suits, I can't imagine for a second that you thought you were going to be playing the dad of a future princess of yeah, right. the royal family of England. How I, weird was that? I didn't believe it, you know. Like when everybody was aware that uh, Meghan was dating Prince Harry, I was like, man, you guys are making it up, you know. And then one day I showed up on set, we were doing a scene, and uh, she was engaged uh, in the show and uh, wasn't engaged yet. Uh, and we were in a car, we were about to get out of the car, and they said, no, stay in the car, stay in the car. Uh, they said, we have a paparazzi down the block, you know, with long lens, and if they get a shot of Megan with that ring on, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna go around the world instantaneously. So, Megan, take the ring off. Like, okay, now I'll get out. And I said, wow, you guys are going through all of that. And then when we got out of the car, there was this, rock solid secret agent MI5 guy <laughs> security that took Megan and whisked her off. He said, I'll take it from here. You know, and I was like, I heard the British accent. I said, oh, oh, it's real. It's the real deal. And uh, they sent security over and they had, sec they had uh, security. And that's when I knew they were dating. Okay, you've taught acting, right? Uh, yeah, I've tried to. Mm. I want to try to learn something. Okay. How do I say New Orleans? Uh, it's the hardest city in America for a you, foreigner to pronounce. If you think of the French rhythm, Orléans. Yeah. We have the French rhythm without the French sound. New Orleans. So that's the way to think of it. New Orleans. I so it, think of Orleans now. Okay, I knew uh, it wasn't There is simple. the tourist trap of New Orleans. Nobody down there says New Orleans, but it looks good on a T-shirt, right? <laughs> N apostrophe A W L I N S. New Orleans. I went to New Orleans. Nobody says that. And then there is an unwritten rule of you say New Orleans to rhyme in a song or a poem. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans and miss her each night and day? And I tell you what's more, when you miss the one you care for, more than you miss New Orleans. Bob's Louis Armstrong. Very so nice. So that's the rule. That's your acting lesson for okay. the day. New, New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. There you go. I have a funny feeling I'd be taken for a tourist anyway. If I open my <laughs> yeah. down. Um, New Orleans is important to you. Mm -hmm. You grew up here. You were here the night before Katrina hit. Yes. In fact, you would have been here with a hangover. Yes. When Katrina hit, if your family down, had not persuaded you to leave. I came down for a family vacation. I was mm -hmm. uh, meeting family here. I got to the city and there was all the hubbub at the airport. I said, what's going on? They said, the, the hurricane. I said, the one in Florida? They said, yes, yeah, coming here. And I'm like, oh, no. And uh, I went out that Saturday night, you know, and my mother was concerned we should leave. I'm like, oh, this, we don't have to leave. It's just a hurricane. We've stayed through many. And I gave the ultimatum uh, that, you know, if they call a 
evacuation, if they call for a mandatory evacuation, which had never happened in the city before, and that's why I thought I could say it, um, if they call for a mandatory evacuation, we'll leave. The next morning, they called for a mandatory evacuation. It's like my mother called my bluff, really. She said, we're leaving. I had gone out that Saturday night and uh, brought up the Sunday morning sunrise. <laughs> so I was tired and hungover. And um, we were packing the cars. Uh, my nieces were here and my sister-in-law, my mom and dad. And I'm packing the cars. And I'm like, I'll stay. You guys go. We were going out to relatives outside the city. And I said, you go. I'm going to stay. And I went to sleep. I woke up a half an hour later and they were still packing the cars. So I said, okay, I'll leave with you. If you guys are still here, I'll leave. Had I not, I would have been in some of the deepest flooding of the city. My neighborhood of Pontchartrain Park uh, had 20 feet of water and sat in it for two months. Um, we you lost, lost friends. We lost nine neighbors. Mm. We went to church that Sunday morning and the Bynums, they lived around the corner from us, an elderly couple. And uh, my father said, are you guys leaving? I said, no, nah, we're going to stay. I said, no, nah, we're going to leave. I said, all right, well, you know, you guys take care. And that was the last time we saw them. They, f they found Mr. Miss Bynum in a tree. So the desperation of trying to uh, leave the water, you know, escape the water. She had climbed into a tree and the tree fell over into the flood. Um, it was, so I always think of them and uh, how I wish, how I wish they had left, you know. Um, and so thankful that we had. I always think that I stayed maybe I would have gotten around the corner to save them, but uh, may they rest in peace. You brought your parents back to your house eventually. Yes. And it was trashed. It was destroyed. I'll never forget uh, driving back into the city when we were able to finally get back to our neighborhood. It looked like nuclear winter. Everything was gray. Everything was destroyed. Um, and we finally got to the block and turning on to the block to see our entire block destroyed. My parents broke down in tears. It was like the death in the family. And uh, it was funny. Uh, gallows humor, I guess. My mother tried, told me to try the key. You know, I was like, it's not going to We're going to kick the door in. She's like, don't kick the door in. Just try the key first. Uh, and I had to show her that the key wouldn't work, you know, because the house was <laughs> destroyed. And, and she said, okay. And I said, kick the door in. I had a friend call me uh, who got in before. And he said, when you come back, make sure you're here with your parents. Because the first sight of it could kill them. Uh, my father was 80. My mother was, you know, in her late 70s. And, at the end of their life, in the golden years, to lose everything. And my father just wept and said, this is our whole life. We raised our boys here. We raised our boys here. So I knew my goal was to get them home before they died. 
So I really worked hard to rebuild the home uh, as fast as possible to get them back. And I did to the point that they were like one of the few people back in the neighborhood of a thousand homes, maybe just a few people. And then neighbors said, Wendell, you got your parents back, you know. Um, the neighborhood is never gonna come back, but you can bring attention to it. You know, we, we have to rebuild. And uh, then I realized that so much had been done to build that neighborhood. It was one of the first black uh, neighborhoods post-World War II in a segregated New Orleans who could not come and just buy a home anywhere. Uh, and because of the civil rights movement, this neighborhood was created. My parents, like a Moses generation, had created this sanctuary. And I knew that I had a responsibility as this the part of their Joshua generation to rebuild it. And so I put together a, uh, I put together an effort of residents and we rebuilt our neighborhood brick by brick, house by house, block by block until we returned. And now we are on the register of historic places, on the National Register of Historic Places, Punch a Train Park.